Hello and a very warm welcome to this episode of Mind Over Medals, our weekly podcast on athlete mental health. I am your host, Meha Bhargaj Orta. I will be joined by Amit Kamat, my co-host. And today we are talking to a World Cup winning cricketer who has spoken about mental health issues at a time when not many cricketers spoke about it. Um, hopefully, a lot more athletes who possibly are in a similar situation can take heart from the fact that they are normal, that it's okay to not be okay. Robin Uttapa is here with us. Robin, thank you so much for taking the time out to talk to us on this. First of all, congratulations. You must be happy with that signing with the Chennai Super Kings. It was a team you said that gave you the security to perform and we saw what you did in the last season. Um, so, must be thrilled right now. Yeah, very grateful. Uh, thank you, Meha, for, for the introduction. And yeah, I'm extremely grateful and uh, glad that I'm back at CSK. It was something that I desired. and In fact, it was, was one of my only prayers is that uh, let's get back to CSK. And uh, uh, the family also paid for the same thing. My son, in fact, paid, paid for the same thing, which is... <laughs> <laughs> which is which is special for me, and uh, yeah, so happy to be back in a in a in a place where I know that um, uh, there's, there's a sense of security uh, as far as players are concerned, and uh, there's a respect and backing that's given that that makes me feel like man, I can do anything for this franchise. I've got to ask you this: that I ask all the players, how nervous for you, and how crazy are these auctions where you know players are being bought and sold? <laughs> you know what it feels like, Maya? It feels like uh, you uh, have written some examination, which you have been written like a, a long time ago, and you're just awaiting the results. Um, you want to know uh, how you've done, and I think it just depends on how it goes for you and where you want to go and how much you want to go for. Um, honestly, it's you feel like jacket, to be honest. Uh, it's not. It, it's not more. It's not the most pleasing thing. And then, you know, I think that's the thing about cricket, especially in India. Um, you know, everything about you is just there for the world to kind of consume, uh, for the nation to kind of consume, and then judge and uh, you know express their opinions about it. Uh, you know, having having an opinion about it, having an opinion about performances is one thing, but uh, opinion about how much you get sold for, which team you get sold for, is quite uh, is is quite something else. <laughs> and uh, you know, you can't imagine what the guys who don't get sold uh, go through an experience, right? Uh, and that's not pleasant. It, it it can't be. I cannot imagine it to be a pleasant one for for anybody. Um, and uh, my heart goes out to guys who have been there in the system for a long time and then miss out. Don't don't get picked. Um, it just it, it can be it can be defeating sometimes <clears throat> yeah absolutely i wonder what some of the you know iconic players who've been part of so many seasons then don't get sold and i i don't know how any algorithm anything can decide what the the price of a player is what a price of a human it's, being is so yeah i, I get that <clears throat> Yeah, I think it's it's uh, more than I think price of a human. I think you you're, you're tagged as you suddenly your value as a cricketer becomes how much people are willing to spend on you, and it's so haphazard. There is no method of, to this madness that we call the auction, right? People have tried their best to kind of grapple around with it for the last fifteen years, and I don't know if they still have a clue because. You speak to a lot of the people who have been at the auction or post the auction and they say, you know, it's so random. You never know what's going to go. If you'd come later, you'd have probably made more money. Uh, and sometimes if you come later, you'd be like, oh, if you came early, there would have been enough of a purse, you would have made more. So it's, it's so haphazard. You know, I really hope that for for the sake of the sanity of of, of everybody, yeah. um, that this goes back, this goes into a draft system where, they, where it's more respectful, right? Um, because... <clears throat> You know, with people actually imagine that uh, with a lot of money comes a lot of freedom, which is true. Uh, uh, you know, I'll give you that. But it also comes along with the freedom comes a lot of issues as well uh, that one has to grapple with. And uh, it's something that I've 
had first-hand experience with. You know, and back in 2008, when when I got my first IPL contract, and you know, I had at that point for a 20-year-old all the money that I could imagine, or never imagined earning that much money at one point, right? Um, and to have actually earned, like to actually get that much, uh, and you suddenly have like you don't know what to do with that kind of and you need the right kind of guidance and if you don't have that it can lead to a lot of issues that you know will keep will keep you in that loop for a long possibly a long time if you don't have the right kind of guidance and uh, you know it's which is i think what i experienced as well which, which also kind of contributed to everything that I was going through that point in time. I remember in 2009, I think I was the second highest earning IPL member. Uh, not 2009, 2011. Uh, yeah, I was the second highest earning IPL member in that of that auction. And uh, by the end of that year, it didn't matter to me how much money I was making because what I was going through was far greater than any amount of money could could even, you know deal with or you know i couldn't it didn't matter to me uh, when you're when you're suicidal it doesn't matter how much how much money you have in the bank account how much you're earning uh, you know none of that none of that even remotely comes to your mind uh, when you're thinking okay i'm gonna jump out in the, in, at the count of four you know uh, none of those things even you know, just go through your head in, in any way the challenge, though, I mean, I, I I have to ask you this. At what point did you, I mean, what was going through and at what point did you feel like, oh, my goodness, something is not normal? And what was that thought that sort of started all of this? Can you just tell us? And only if it's not triggering for you. Oh, no, it, it's, it's, it's something that actually dealt with, so it doesn't trigger me anymore. But uh, for me... Uh, uh, it started back in 2008. Uh, I just got dropped from the the Indian team uh, after the Asia Cup in 2008, and uh, I was back at home. And it was just after the first IPL, so mom and dad didn't necessarily have a great marriage, uh, and something that they were they were dealing with for a long time, and they're trying to keep it together. Like a, a lot of Indian parents try to keep a marriage together for the sake of their children, um, and you know their future, future of the children. But in hindsight, I, <laughs> I was, I remember telling my parents at the age of 16 or 17 that, you know, if you guys separate, then, you know, we'll probably, as kids, my sister and I probably have a more peaceful life, you know. Um, but for whatever reason, they weren't able to do that. And uh, I I got dropped in July 2000. I think it's just July, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, June or July. Uh, we just come back from Pakistan from the, the Asia Cup and we lost against Sri Lanka in the final. I was dropped for the next series. And I thought, okay, listen, I have, I got to make another comeback now. So I'm going to spend some time uh, focusing on helping mom and dad with, with, their, with their relationship. Mm-hmm. See if I can, because at that point, a lot of what I was saying and, and, and talk, you know, was being heard, which wasn't the case um, till that point in time. And then what basically happened was I said, okay, I'm going to focus on, on helping them till till November. And then November, the Ranji Trophy starts. I'm going to focus on, you know, making a comeback uh, from there. And uh, so I got into the whole thing, you know, got right in the middle of the whole thing. And uh, what I thought would be four or five months ended up becoming four years before I knew it. And it just went like that for me in um <laughs> it just blew past me honestly uh my mom was the first one to kind of uh see it uh she noticed it and i had spoken to another very close family friend who was was extremely loving towards me and and i told her that you know i'm not feeling all okay in 2009 uh i think it was mid 2009 or yeah late 2009 i wasn't feeling all okay and i felt like something was off and then my mother with the help of my, that aunt of mine, took us, took me to a to a counselor, uh, <clears throat> and early 2010, um, I started getting help. End of 2009, and uh, I started getting better, honestly. Uh, and <clears throat> yeah, I started getting so much better that I decided that I needed to move out of home 
and I needed to start living independently. And by this time, I must have been 23, 24. And my parents at that point would know, would have no part of that because uh, Indian Indian family, right? South Indian family, and they didn't want me to live outside. But I still managed to do that. Uh, uh, I lived outside for the 2010 IPLs. Uh, and I did really well. I was, I was succeeding. But uh, unfortunately, I got injured at the, uh, the IPL and uh, <clears throat> had to go and get a shoulder and finger reconstruction uh, done. Um, and then couldn't kind of live alone. And then my folks kind of used that excuse to bring me back to their place. And then I had to move move back and came back home. Uh, came back to my mom and dad. Uh, but one of the mistakes I did was I recognized there was a problem. I shared it with uh, my family, the people I trusted at that point in time the most. Um, and I started going to the counselor, which was one of the best things I did in my life and started seeing results and started seeing um, progress happening. Uh, but, you know, as most Indians do, when we have to go through a course of antibiotics, uh, we don't go through the whole course, right? Yeah. We somewhere, if it's a five-day course, somewhere by the third day, we feel like, you know what, I'm feeling fine. You know, I'm going to stop the course. And then we stop the course and then it, it comes back a lot harder uh, in a few days. And then you have to redo the course and redo it probably for seven days or longer, right? And much like that, I did the same thing. I started getting better. I started healing, started addressing a lot of things. And I stopped going to, I stopped going to my counselor. And then when it hit me in 2010, 2010, 2011, it hit me so hard that I had lost all semblance of myself, all um, <clears throat> semblance of balance. Honestly, I had no balance whatsoever. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I was always an emotional eater um, and I started leaning on food so much more. I became grossly overweight. I became, as in my, my, Colleagues, my my teammates were intimidated by me, and because I was so volatile in, uh, as a person, I was tagged as moody within my my Ranji Trophy setup for a few years, and tagged as moody. And you know, you got to be scared, you got to be you know aware of Robin, and and, and uh, I become unpredictable by by nature <clears throat> with my behavior. You know, I could be ha randomly very happy at the beginning of the day. And at the drop of a hat, I'd just be very angry, uh, angry and frustrated and picking on people. Uh, and I'd seen that myself. I had no no clue over what is happening. I was just going through the flow. Um, and I think in 2011 is when I <clears throat> felt like, no, I need to go back. I need to figure this out. Um, and things got progressively worse at home for me uh, and for mom and dad. And... Uh, got ugly and so the whole thing was just was make me made me go down into a spiral and um by the end of 2000 by the mid of 2011 11 i was like you know what i'm i have two options i'd either you know give up cricket uh and go to some other part of the world and restart life and um in a place where you know, at that point, I thought New Zealand, honestly. I thought, I'll just move to New Zealand and restart life with whatever little I have. Uh, and the plan was to go start working at a McDonald's and start from there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, or the, the other option was to end it all. Uh, and um, I, went, I lived with that for over a year, uh, end of 2010 to 2012, honestly. Uh, and... I think between 2011 and 12 till about June 12 is, is when I was at, probably at the worst where I uh, genuinely seriously considered suicide. Um, uh, the other time I considered suicide very seriously was in 2009 when <clears throat> uh, I had moved, I was made to move from uh, Mumbai Indians to, to RCB. Uh, I was transferred. I was the first transfer along with Zahid Khan and Manish Pandey and all of that. <clears throat> and for me, cricket till then was all about passion and loyalty and, and all of that. And professionalism in that sense hadn't really come into uh, the picture in Indian cricket, in the sense of franchise cricket, right? Uh, 
so when the first trade happened, my complete lo- and the trade happened three weeks before the IPL began. So my complete loyalty, you know, was with Mumbai Indians. And then suddenly, even though I'm going back to my home city, I didn't feel loyal to them at all. And I was grappling with that. The whole of the IPL was like, it was a it was a very bad IPL for me. I think outside of one match, I think the match that I played against Mumbai Indians was the only game I scored runs in that in that IPL. Mm-hmm. Scored a seventy against them in a game, and that was the only game I performed in. Um, and that year was very suicidal. I remember we were, we were staying at the Sandin Sun, and uh, I would sit, and then I was in the twenty second, twenty third floor, and I would sit by the windowsill with the windows open, and then you could open the windows, um, and I would just with my feet dang, dangling out, just thinking, okay, I'm not feeling good. I could just end this all, you know. And uh, I knew I wasn't well. And I knew that something was off at that point in time. So I had my family. As as much as as much as much things were bad at that point in time, I had my family come over uh, to South Africa on the pretext of, you know, come over and be a great trip for you guys as well. Yeah. Um, but for me, uh, I think subconsciously, I wanted them to be over because I didn't want to, I didn't want to do end up doing something stupid, and uh, but I didn't have the courage to kind of speak to anybody about it. Uh, I think it was after that is when my mom recognized that something was off, and then you know I began seeking help. So these are the two times that I actually kind of seriously kind of dealt with suicide uh, for a period of time. Uh, but more in 2011 and 12, I think that whole year, year and a half was when I kind of dealt with it. You know, in a very deep and personal manner, but I didn't share it with anybody. Um, and it was it was hectic. It was it was <clears throat> challenging. Uh, but I think one of the things I recognized was that I need to speak about it. I need to talk to um, my counselor about it. And and she was of uh, of you know immense help to me. Um, and I remember in 2012, the first month of 2012, uh, Sheetal and I were we were friends for five years by then, four five years by then, and. Uh, Sheets was my best friend at that time. Um, in fact, I I was dating a girl, uh, my ex girlfriend, and then we she, we just broken up. And then uh, early 2011, she got married. We broke up in 2010, and then early 2010, she got married. That kind of catapulted me even further into depression, and you know, uh, I was dealing with that as well. And then I think at end of 2011, 2000, early 2012, I spoke to Sheets and I said, Sheets, I I'm done. I'm I have two options. I either finish myself, either commit suicide or I, you know, go to some other part of the world and restart life. And uh, I think it was that conversation uh, that helped me pivot from where I was uh, and move into a journey to, to where I am today, uh, and which, which I'm extremely grateful for. And one of the first things we did was uh, discuss mental health and said, okay, what do you want to do? Um, I was grossly overweight at that point in time. I was terribly overweight. And I was uh, 25 maybe, but I, was, I looked like I was 40 at that point. Um, uh, I have a picture. I wish I could show that. It was, it was, uh, people were like, no, is that you? And then that's the response I generally get. Like, no, that can't be. Okay. And that was dated 1st Jan 2012. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, it was that and that conversation with Sheets that helped me kind of pivot from there and, and move to a, a better place, which is again a, a, a good six month, eight month journey. And I continue to stay with that. And uh, this time around, when I when I went through the whole transition uh, of, of going going back to the council, I stayed the course. I didn't I didn't cut off from her. I I was in touch constantly. I was in touch with her through the period where I made a heal, where I very completely went through process of healing myself to everything that I went through. I stayed through the whole course, you know. And mental health is much like that. You can't. There's no quick fix to it. You need to stay the course. You need to do the hard yards. Um, you need to find the strength. And oftentimes, you find the strength uh, through, with the help of a counselor. Because the help, what a counselor mainly does is. Uh, helps you get you out of your own way to help yourself. Um, they don't necessarily become, you know, crutches that we can lean on, but they show you how they get you out of your own way to the extent where they show you how strong you actually are and how you can deal with stuff. And that's the most beautiful thing uh, about 
you know, having a counselor, having someone that you can trust in and share things with can help with mental health. And I, and that's why I feel like the taboo attached to mental health needs the, this the stigma. We need to remove that completely because, uh, especially in our country, yeah, as in if anyone, as in, it was so hush hush when I initially went to the counselor, and, and I was like, no, as one, the minute I went through the whole process, I was like, why isn't everybody doing this? <laughs> why shouldn't everybody do this? Whether you have a problem or not, just someone that you completely un unattached to. Yeah. You discuss your own life with them. And sometimes for solution for things that you think you, there is no solution at all, there are actually so many solutions. Yeah. And for sometimes where you feel like, man, there, there is a solution here. I just have to find it. Sometimes the best solution is to walk away because it's not your responsibility. Yeah. You know? And 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 for me, that's why I, I decided that I'm going to speak about it because people as in i'm going to be a drop in the ocean but as in every ocean's made from begins from a single drop right so yeah and today we're, we're a family where she tells a, a certified life coach uh she she helps people especially women she specializes in helping women uh with mental health um it's something that i'm very uh, you know I'm very attached to it. Something that I consider myself wanting to study and and, and probably do that as well. And you know, post cricket is one of the things I want to do is is uh, help as far as mental health is concerned. Definitely with sport, uh, uh, it's something I know that we as sports people deal with a lot more. Um, like I, uh, I believe that uh, as sports people, we are exposed to mental as in mental health uh, ups and downs the most because uh, we are supposed we are supposed to be the ones to show the most mental fortitude um, but we are also the ones exposed to most challenges mentally as far as you know mental challenges are concerned and that can break you down and i think today what i would as one of the things i would love to say is that especially with sports people that there is strength and power in vulnerability which uh, is well, growing up was the other way around, you know, suck it up, deal with it. You don't need to suck it up. You deal with it by talking about it. You deal with it by expressing how you feel. Um, you find one person that you can talk to about, one person that you completely trust, and then you speak to them about it. And where you know that there's not going to be any judgment. And for people who are there, who are dealing with the family members, friends of, of aspiring, you know, future sports stars of India. You know, you just need to be available and be without judgment when someone's sharing something with you. And if you can be there and if you can pay attention to someone's mental health, even I think within our family, I think it doesn't it doesn't extend just to sports people, but also for today we're speaking about sports people, so we'd speak yeah. more about that. But I think it extends more to even normal people. You know, if you yeah. feel someone is off, you ask them, hey, how are you? Are you okay? Isn't, do you want to talk about something? To have that much empathy as a human being to say, are you okay? You know, is, is everything fine? Like, I really hope someone's doing that with Virat Kohli today. You know, yeah. hey, do you want to talk about stuff? Are you okay? You know, because uh, it's, it's not hard. It's, it's very hard for someone like him, you know, the kind of the kind of thoughts that must be going through his mind, you know, because yeah. uh, for someone of his caliber to not score a hundred for for three years, oh, man, the go the ghosts that he must be dealing with uh, must be immense. And, and I truly hope uh, someone's you know there, there is someone that he trusts completely that he is having conversations with, because yeah. these are very lonely battles that 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 sport people go. Through. I'm just giving you an example of, of, of someone like. Uh, the stature of Virat Kohli, because when you say Virat Kohli, then everyone's listening. <laughs> but everybody goes through this. There are there are there are fourteen other guys going through that. Uh, Robin, I wanted to understand from you. You know, you said that uh, you spoke about how important it is to talk to somebody, uh, go to a counselor, or maybe find somebody who trusts and talk to them about things that you are going through. Uh, are there other coping mechanisms that you kind of used uh, through the years? Or that you, you know, uh, found which help you uh, deal with, as you mentioned, getting out of your own way? No, honestly, because uh, it's it's quite hard, uh, Amit, because uh, you, you find yourself in a position where you feel like, you know, you have all the answers. And sometimes all the answers are only negative ones. 
So it's always good to have an external perspective. Uh, and that's why I think the need to have someone external is extremely important. And today, I think the world's in that sense becoming a lot more accepting. Of, you know, uh, in, you, you find a lot, a lot of apps where uh, a lot of platforms where, you know, you can talk about this stuff. Um, you know, earlier, uh, I think back when, uh, you know, pre the social media era, there was the, you know, uh, Yahoo and, and MSN messengers where you could, you could just kind of vent stuff out to somebody, you know, randomly. But, um, but I think it's, it's become a lot more, con- you know, uh, there's a construct to the whole thing right now and where there's a way, there's a medium in which you can get help. And I, in a way, the, the pandemic has been a boon as far as mental health is concerned because a lot more people are suddenly, uh, exposed to it and they, and, and they understand, you know, uh, that this is an important part of life that needs attention as well. Um, you see it with your kids. I saw it with my, with, with our son. Uh, you know, for, for a year and a half, he was, um, he was just with us and we live in a fairly big house and he had enough place to kind of run around and play, but there weren't any kids. He was alone. He was just with us, right? And, uh, we didn't notice this much, but when we joined, when we went to the, uh, <clears throat> the IPL, last year uh, in Dubai, the second half which happened in Dubai, suddenly there were about 10 or 12 kids and overnight Sheetal and I saw uh, Neil's vocabulary quadrupling in two days and he suddenly realized like wow, it affects kids like at that age as well even you know, they don't speak and, and suddenly you give them an avenue where you know, they were people their own age and the, the exposure is there and suddenly you feel like it affects them, you know as well, so uh, I think that's one of the boons that 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 the pandemic has 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 brought upon us uh, awareness and that attention to mental health. Uh, but I think it's very important to speak to someone outside, man. Speak to someone you trust, right? Um, and it could be a best friend, it could be a family member, um, or it could be a counselor that you develop a relationship with, where. Um, and counselors in general are great, you know, good counselors, good counselors always get you out of your own way. They don't become a crutch in your life. Uh, you will never have to be like, you'll never have to lean on them. You'll always have to, you'll always want to go there and go there and empower yourself to figure out solution to another issue. You know, I think that's the most amazing part of it. And the minute you start exercising that, practicing that over a period of time, that that bel- that self belief comes that hey okay this is an issue then you empower yourself you become strong and you feel like okay this is the these are the things I did over a period of time with my counselor how do I repeat that same process in this kind of an issue what do I do what are the questions I need to ask myself to get myself out of my own way to figure out what solution I have here for this situation I've got to ask you this uh, creating ecosystem how are sports psychologists viewed is that something that's now becoming more acceptable. Are players willing to go? Because I once had a conversation with someone from the team and they said, why would anyone want to go to a sports psychologist when he's part of the team? He's got everything that he wants. And I'm not joking. This was something within the team who said, why would anyone do that? Now, there are two (laughs) things to it that I find baffling. One being that if you have a problem, you go to a psychologist and you sort it out or a psychiatrist, depending on the kind of problem that you have and the, you know, how deep that problem is. The other being this, this idea that because you have everything, and which is what I think a lot of people tend to think, especially with cricketers, you've got everything, you've got fame, you've got money, you're playing for the country, thousands of people, lakhs of Indians want to play for the country. And you wonder that none of these mental issues ever happen because you don't have something. You can be dealing with a mental problem despite having everything. And so how do you react to this? So for me, I just read a a Jim Carrey quote before this this session. And he said that, I I wish and hope that everyone in the world become rich and famous and have all the money in the world so that they realize that that's not the answer. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was... was, is, is, is clearly one of the biggest truth bombs uh, that our society needs today. Um, uh, see, the thing is, in India, in a country like India, where cricket is 
is is more than a sport right to to put it mildly um and <laughs> okay there's a there is a, a generally a, an example that i use uh, and and this i think holds good very true for cricket in india where there is less volume of something the value is always a, a lot where there's a lot of volume for something mm. the value is less right so it's, it's the, the case in india is especially in indian cricket is the volume of exceptionally talented cricketers are so much yeah are through the roof so the value for them is always going to be less true right uh, you'll never see uh, cricketers in other parts of the world going through the kind of thing that cricketers in india go through um and today i believe a lot like a lot like bollywood and a lot like that industry the cricketing industry uh, is probably one of the most insecure ones that we have going around because today especially today it's not just cricket it's not it's not just performance it's viability it's how viable you are as a as a as a commercial product uh how sellable you are what are your so- what are your social media followers like what is your social media interaction like and things that are completely inconsequential to cricket have nothing to do with the game still have everything to do with the game and there is an image that is supposed to be uh met and kept just to please and show how viable you are to yeah. companies and how viable you are as a commercial product where while your your main and your primary skill of, of that of being a cricketer isn't valued that much mm. i cannot imagine the number of kids or the number of boys who are, who are in that in that indian team that have gone through mental issues over the last 5 or 6 years wow. if you look at the way the teams have been chopped and changed um the way just the way the system is functioning right and some of these guys are, are, are guys who are considered legends right like for instance what i'm just randomly picking out a name mm. and this is a well known name say yeah. someone like ravichandran ashwin who's four years of not being in the side yeah for what <laughs> he was a, he was a very good performer within the side with the group best off spinner we had in the country best off spinner one of the best as in, one of the best bowlers in the world according to icc rating and still not figuring in in the test squad uh kuldeep yadav and the kind of things that he probably grappled with oh, only he probably knew. for me i think having a psychologist is of immense importance uh in in a setup like that having an avenue for people to be vulnerable um uh, and express what they feel so that they can deal with everything that they're going through is incredibly important especially at a time like now Yeah. I feel like it's unfair that just because some the volume of 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 something is is high that there shouldn't be value there should be value for that as well right we should we should count our blessings in that sense mm-hmm. and i think it's human nature i think which is why diamonds are a lot more valuable than than silver is right uh, <clears throat> but it's something that that needs addressing I think it's it's a lot harder to do in a country in in a country like ours than to do in in smaller countries where the volume is a lot more easier to manage. You have to build a system from the ground up which will take a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. Uh and that's something that <clears throat> we have to introduce at a grassroots level. I think from BCCI if they can introduce mental health from a grassroots level, then it's easier to deal and find uh and nurture these cricketers so even if they don't end up having a great career you're you're developing stronger individuals yeah and and that that's a feeder system into our nation right and 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 to the next generation so that means you're you're actually creating a better a, a better system for the future generation yeah. and which is what you want I mean I like the fact that Virat Kohli spoke about it he mm-hmm. spoke openly about uh the issues that he had you know especially after that England tour in 2014 where he didn't do well and he thought he said he talked about him going through this low phase in his career because I feel like role models need to speak up bigger players need to speak up um 
you talked about insecurity and that's the other thing that for a Ben Stokes or a Glenn Maxwell, they can take a break. They might still come back. But in India, you can't afford to take a break. That place in the Indian side <laughs> is so, so important. So then it's you It's easier are... to get into the Indian team than to keep a spot in the Indian team. Yeah. To get a look in is is a lot is comparatively a lot easier than keeping a spot in in that in that side. Uh and and guys like Ben Stokes and Josh Butler and all, you know, all these guys who decide to take a break for mental health reasons. If if they were in India, they could never do it. Never. Because the system is so different. It's so it's so competitive. Uh it's it's a highly self-motivated system and uh and it's 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 hard to to find purity in the game in a system like that. And 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 those are things that you have to deal with as well. And and so for me <clears throat> and this is not just uh not just the players, huh? Uh, this is these sometimes in the support staff need help, right? Yeah. Say for for example, uh, an instance is uh, the IPL. Uh, we at CSK have uh, uh, a sports a sports mind coach here with with our side, uh, and he's there not just to help the players but also the support staff because the pressures of a tournament like that uh, are immense, and the pressures that a lot of these people are exposed to in a in in a country like India, and the pressures that a tournament like the IPL brings are, are are huge. So you need the help. You need an avenue where you can vent your frustration so that you don't vent it out of the players. Where if you do that, then something could go wrong. It could derail your whole your whole pursuit, right? So you need an avenue where you can share what you're feeling, so that. When you come back to your squad, when you're dealing with everyone, you you're in the right space. You're you're empowered, and you're dealing with it in in a, in a positive and progressive way. Uh, and for me, I feel it's the need of the hour, uh, and I feel like we have to build a system from the ground up. And I hope that we we can do that. It's something that I'd love to do and be a part of, uh, because we've lost so many cricketers uh, because of of. Lots of men. Issues that they have faced and not been able to overcome. So many, so many, so many. It's 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 a pity that 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 has happened, but it's happened. But we we shouldn't want that. That shouldn't happen. And we should find a way where it does not happen. And I feel like it's time to create a system. Maybe if we start now, in ten years, we'd we'd have a system because our country is so big. And the number of cricketers playing are so many that it would take that long for the system to get up and functional and productive. Mm. But we need to start soon. Robin, uh, I wanted to understand uh, just because of your own experience of whatever you've gone through, uh, how much of uh, uh, this whole explaining do you do to your younger teammates? Because cricket is a team game, uh, as opposed to like a shooting or whatever it is. It's an individual pursuit. But in your case, uh, do you? Because of whatever you've gone through in your own earlier days, do you kind of actively keep an eye out for, uh, you know, signs that somebody is not well? Or do you actually go out of your way to like sit down a younger player and tell them that, you know, uh, uh, maybe you should do this or maybe you should talk to this or whatever you earned in the auction is maybe not your correct value. Things like that. Do you actually take time out of your... Uh, of your own schedule and like sit down and mentor these younger athletes and tell them all of this? See, uh, <clears throat> I wouldn't comment about, you know, or maybe what you got in the IPL is not your is not your value. Because uh, it's it's also, you have to, you have to walk a line where you're trying to be helpful, but at the same time, you're not trying to be offensive. So, uh, that that line becomes very thin in, in cricket. And, and because it's such a competitive world and everyone knows that when they come in that's competitive right everyone's competing with everyone you know and uh, it's very it's very seldom that you find people genuinely trying to help someone without an ulterior motive and so there's the distrust that's also there so <clears throat> you try and be as genuine as possible uh, you know if you notice something, you put an arm around them, you ask them, hey, is everything okay? Do you want to talk about anything? Let me know if you want to talk about anything right here. Uh, you make yourself available to them. 
but at the end of the day the choice needs to be uh that person's to say hey yeah i want to talk about something right you can't force something out of somebody uh, unless you can kind of share that kind of approximate of a relationship with them where you would feel like you can actually do that but <clears throat> i feel like you make yourself available and i think that's 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 what should be done across the board whether you're a sports person or not you see someone who's not okay then you you say hey is everything okay if you want to talk about something i'm right here you know let me know i'm right here i'm, I'm, I'm available i want to like i want to help you if you need anything and you make yourself available and and that's all you can do um, and and i think that's what i've tried to do as much as i can uh, i've tried to help uh, in that sense as much as i can and uh, and you raise awareness and, and so by doing stuff like this people know that you know there is a genuine and authentic uh, interest from this person who who's gone through the same who's gone through this and um doesn't necessarily want everyone to go through what he's gone through so he's there if someone wants to talk so in that sense you kind of shed more light on it and i think the more light you throw on something like this um the less stigma it has and 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 those are the things that you actually can do and and, and i think that's what i look to do and try and do in the team <laughs> itself uh, robin did you feel that your teammates would understand did you ever think of talking to someone and why i'm saying this is that a lot of times you know you feel like because they somebody else is going through a similar problem in terms of being not not being able to perform well or uh, you know not getting along with someone in the team i don't know so i'm saying because we had uh, you know we had anjum modkil the shooter and she said that when she came back after olympics you know she's talking about post olympic blues and she said that a lot of times i, I did not want to talk to my parents or my relatives or my friends because i felt they didn't understand what i was going through i felt that talking to a fellow athlete a fellow shooter um was 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 better because you know we could talk about similar things similar fears similar problems so did you ever want to talk to anybody in the team um you know just sort of confess to them that you were going through this see it's a highly insecure environment <clears throat> so the uh, so it's a high, highly competitive environment so there's a the air of it is just thick so it's it's very hard to be vulnerable in a place like that as in so for me my suggestion i think would always be uh, for anyone in a team sport or individual sport or any any sport in that sense to get a mind coach from the get go i've had a mind coach from 2013 onwards and someone that i trust completely whether your mind coach is your your skill coach or whether it's a separate mind coach who's completely only a mind coach so i had both of them i had praveen amre when i was in 2013 when when sir and i started working together professionally as as a one on one coach the amount of ridiculing that that happened to me in that one one year period was a lot because one on one coaching in cricket was unheard of mm-hmm. right you didn't have personal coaching and when we kind of introduced that system we were we were ridiculed for a bit we were fine with it and uh, for me i knew that what kind of ridicule can you explain why were you like, ridiculed uh, because you like it was unheard of right as in, in cricket to have a personal coach was was not something that people had at that point in time in 2011 and 12 when sir and i started working in 2012 12 uh, june july 2012 we started working together and we set up a system where you know i paid him for his services and and he would work with me mm-hmm. um and we set up and we set up a system like that we we said that and you know people like coach you know this fellow is doing something that tennis players do where they have personal coaches who travel with them and yeah. and so would travel with me because i was working on some something specific and so would travel with me and people like why are you doing this you know and and some some of the greats of indian cricket why are you doing this why can't you just trust your own skill and you know play now i believe i felt or i felt that i want to do something to improve my skill and i needed external help to do that if i chose to go that route that wasn't respected that and that wasn't accepted at that point in time forget respected um so it took a took a while to kind of break that that ceiling um and today we see everyone's got their own personal coaches uh you know i can i can vouch for the fact that everyone in that indian team has specific coaches that they trust and work with individually um and you go through that period uh, even say uh, 
if you want to as far as so if you want to express yourself in a team environment uh it's it's hard to do it because even if you have players who you you want to share it with say for instance the person you want to share it with is your direct competitor uh yeah. for your spot in the 11 how are you going to share it with him it's going to be hard so my recommendation or my suggestion would always be to have someone of your own yeah someone uh, who's necessarily not of if you have someone in the team great if you don't it's fine have someone outside of like say if you don't have a professional within the team who helps the whole team with mental health uh, and and dealing with the pressures of international cricket if you don't then you find then you have someone personally where you speak to them once in a week and you have that person who can guide you and and help you with the journey of your own career the ups and downs and the pitfalls and the challenges and and the successes and the joys and sorrows of of that journey you have that have have that someone to share it with whether it's your personal coach who helps you with the skill whether it's a separate mind coach whether it's a counselor whether it's a family member you need to have someone sachin tendulkar had a g10 people do that yeah like if you see all the greats in in of indian cricket they all had someone that they that they that they uh, leaned back on mm-hmm. you know uh that went through that journey with them yeah and i think in with the, with as com- as competitive as, as cricket is today in india i think and i think in any sport isn't i think it's unfair to say, say just in this cricket because i think a lot of sports people outside of cricket uh, go through a lot more yeah. than cricketers go through because cricketers have uh, as in their basics are met a lot more than uh, a lot of basics in other sports are met like travel accommodation those are those are a lot that are at a much higher level than a lot more other sports in india so i think any sport i think for that matter so i feel like everyone needs to have someone that they can actually speak to uh voice their difficulties vulnerabilities and their journeys and share their journeys with and find that one person you know you spoke about uh, these dark times when you said that you had two options uh, and one of them was actually quitting everything and moving if i am not mistaken you said new zealand uh and maybe like working in a mcdonalds how seriously uh, was that thought in your mind can you just elaborate on that a little bit so we finished the 2011 ipl i think in 2012 uh, in jan i spoke to sheets and i said sheets i'm, I'm not, i don't want to play the ipl this year i'm going to stop and i had very clearly in my head decided that that's it i'm done it does not matter if i'm going to lose 20 crores over the next 2 years by not playing it does not matter i am done because i don't want to do this anymore uh i hated who i'd become as a person uh you know i had become a person who wasn't happy uh with the success of his own teammates and that was so hard for me to 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 deal with uh, i went a whole year amit without looking myself in the mirror uh, all of 2011 to 12 i didn't see myself in the mirror because i was too ashamed to look at myself in the mirror for who i'd become as a person so for me i had like for me in my head i was like i'm done i don't want to play this anymore i don't want to take cricket anymore i just want to i want to be alive i don't want to end my life i want at least as for me it was i was grappling with i don't want to end it but i don't want to live this life so you know what's the solution here um and then for me that's how these two options came to me and it was my conversation with sheets at that point in time that that pushed me in the direction of you know what one of the things she said she like do you one of the first questions she asked me when i when i told her that this is what i want to do she like do you love the game i said you have no idea i'm, I'm so in love with the game it's it's the, it's it's the one thing that i love and i have clarity about exactly how i feel about the game so she like okay let's do one thing let's stop playing uh let's play for the love of the game and not play to get selected to make a comeback earn money play the ipl forget all of that let's just play cricket for the next 6 months just because you love the game can you do that i said very reluctantly i said yeah i can do that but i don't know if i will be able to do it authentically and she's like okay let's can you do that for me let's do it let's i'll 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 be with you through the journey but can you do it we'll do it together so i said okay and uh, the first thing she asked me after that was uh, what what would be one thing that you would want to change and i said have you seen <laughs> Have you seen me uh, uh, lately? As I would love to lose weight, 
uh, and she was playing tennis competitively at the point in time. She was uh, she made a comeback in the tennis and and uh, had gone from rank eight hundred and fifty to rank three in the country in, in under nine months. Um, wow. And uh, so so she uh, she said, okay, uh, you know, let's let's work on fixing your weight. I put you onto a nutritionist. She put me onto a nutritionist. Uh, and she like, let's just play for the love of the game. And so we conversed a lot. Uh, we were there for each other a lot at that point in time. And uh, I was I'm so grateful that I was there and I was able to share something that if I hadn't shared with Sheets at that point in time, I probably would not be alive now or I would I would uh, be Robin Uttupa doing something else some other part of the world. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, uh, it was that conversation and, and that having her um, that point in time through that whole process and that journey that helped me kind of rediscover my passion for the game and I authentically kind of worked on myself and I kind of rediscovered myself as a human being which was a two-year process uh, which was an equally challenging process where I had to um, go through I don't know a lot of a lot of insecurities a lot of doubts a lot of it was an uphill task but I went through it and uh, I found myself as a person found myself as uh, I reached a place where I didn't know who I was, what I liked, what I didn't like, what my values were, what my principles were in life. And I had to rediscover all of that. And uh, with the help of my counselor, I was able to find all of that and, and become the man that I am today. And, and uh, I had to earn, literally earn my own self-respect uh, as a human being. Um, and and I think when you have to earn your own self-respect, the standards that you set for yourself are, are, are the highest. Uh, and I and I went through the process. And it was a... It was a challenging one, but I, I came out and I found myself. And today, I, I'm very proud of who I am and as a, as a person, as a human being. And I love myself. as a, I respect myself a lot. And uh, I'm extremely grateful for the life that I've, I've been blessed with and I've been able to create with my family. And I completely love myself today. And I, I think there's no better feeling than that. And I value myself. I'm sending you a virtual hug right now. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. And why I say this is wonderful is because uh, you see that light at the end of the tunnel. And when you do happen to get right there, you realize the person that you are. And you see yeah. that you had the strength in you, you know. And that's yeah, what is yeah. amazing. Like, for all the challenges that you faced, for that phase, in some ways, that phase is what has got you to this place here today that has made well, you yeah, this, yeah. this incredible person to have been able to overcome all of that so i'm full of quotes meha so i keep saying that uh, you have to be polished for the diamond that you are and if you're going to be polished you're going to be polished and you're going to go through hardships it's yeah. going to be hard but you're going to come out shining so uh, and I'm, I'm someone who completely believes in growth and growth never happens within the comfort zone growth always yeah. happens outside outside of the comfort zone so uh, and today I'm someone who embraces growth and I constantly try to push myself outside of my comfort zone yeah. um, and get into a place where I keep evolving as a human being. Uh, and that's that's become a massive part of my life. And it's, a, it's a massive part of our family. You know, as a family, we believe in evolution. We believe in growing. We believe in evolving as individuals, as human beings, as, as a couple, uh, as a family. It's a constant thing in our lives. And and we live, we try and meet that standard and we discuss it very constantly very openly quite often um and we keep working towards that and I, that's one thing i'd love to say is that if you want to grow you're going to have to learn to become comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah um and that's where growth happens and yeah. the minute you grow into that discomfort and that becomes a part of your comfort zone and you start living there for a period of time you'll find another thing that God brings around or the world brings around or the universe brings around, whatever you believe in, yeah. right? That will help you grow to make another step of evolution of growth. And and it's a constant thing. And it'll happen in your relationships. It'll happen in your marriage. It'll happen in your sport. It'll happen in your life. It'll happen in your familial relationships in, in, in every part of your life. Yeah. Uh, with your health, uh, life is always evolving. And you can never change that. I'm so glad we had this conversation with you. And I'm so glad. And I'm, I thank Sheetal for, uh, <laughs> you know, sticking around. For, you know, showing you yeah. that there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And you found that light yeah. with your family. And I love that little, uh, you know, that, that, that little story you were telling us about how everybody was 
praying for you to go back to CSK, given that, you know, uh, given that you'd, you'd spoken emotionally about the franchise and about how yeah. they made you feel like a family. So it's great that you've got yeah. uh, this season ahead. Um, I just wanted to ask you before we wrap this up, what are you looking to do, you know, in terms of the game? You're obviously now, uh, you know, someone who's dealt with all the mental problems of overcome them and just talking about the game that you've loved so mm-hmm. much that you love so much what are your uh, expectations from yourself in the upcoming season well i think <clears throat> obviously the expectations are obviously to contribute to the success of the team uh, uh, i think at the very base of it it's that i think a lot i i i lost a few years in my cricket uh, to mental health uh, and for me, I think that's one of the reasons my passion for the game today is at such a high level. I feel like I'm, a, I'm, I'm 15 years old again and, and I'm playing purely for the passion of the game. And I'm absolutely in love with the game. I'm, I love every part of it. I love being a part of the team. I love contributing to, the, to my teammates. I love adding value uh, in, in whatever way, shape or form that I can. Uh, I love being in a team environment. I love the hard work that's involved within training, uh, practice, whatever's involved. You know, I, I absolutely am... I'm loving every part of it, and uh, I feel like uh, it's a it's a God-given opportunity for me to be able to make up for those four years or five years that I missed uh, in in what is so-called my prime. Uh, and I have this really new lease of, of of period where I want to play for as long as as I as I physically can, um, and and that's the intention to 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 uh, play for as long as I physically can, and. Uh, God willing, yeah, finish uh, the IPL with with a team like CSK and uh, uh, finish my career uh, with a team like CSK. That that would be uh, quite unbelievable for me, quite quite amazing for me, and it's something I'm looking forward to. And and definitely winning a few more championships. And that hunger to win championships is is so alive, and uh, the commitment towards it is is kicking, and it's it's ongoing. And you know, the commitment to it is always there. And even now with it's been we're two months away from the IPL, and we've already been in Bombay for a few weeks, uh, just in training and preparation for the IPL because of just recovering from an injury. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, it's a process which I'm absolutely loving, and my family is on with the ride with me. So, I'm grateful for that as well. Thank you so much for taking the time out, for really bearing it out for us what you've gone through, and it takes a tremendous amount of courage to be able to talk about it. Uh, You've spoken about it in the past, but to talk about it again, and I know where you're coming from when when you decide to speak about it because you want people to know that it's okay to talk about this that it's okay to feel like this and it's also okay to seek help yeah. so thank you so much yeah. I mean uh, I yeah kind of speechless which I'm most often not but thank you once again I wish you all the very best for the upcoming season I'd also like to you know thank your family for being there with you for helping you through this all um, and you know Hopefully, this is going to be another great season. I still have that yes. visual running through my mind of after CSK winning, winning the title uh, in Dubai and, uh, and, and your, you running to your son or your son running to you after you guys were walking into the hotel. Uh, and it was just such a wonderful moment. You pick him up and, you know, they're obviously everybody's celebrating and uh, congratulating each other. But wonderful to see those pictures as well. And hopefully you can um, relive those kind of moments this season as well. So, Robin Uthupam, thank you once again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amit. Thank you, Neha, for having me on the show. I'm I'm so grateful that uh, I had this opportunity to share uh, and be vulnerable again and discuss stuff that that, that, uh, that I've overcome and to, to be where I am today and uh, thank you for, for asking me the right questions. I think uh, those are very important as well uh, to be able to ask the right questions so that uh, there's an opportunity to speak about the truth. And, uh, you know, I'm extremely grateful to my family. <laughs> uh, I'm also extremely grateful to myself that uh, I chose to be vulnerable with Chiefs at the time that I chose to be. And was, uh, if I hadn't made that choice, uh, I don't know where where, we, where I would be right now. So, um, so yeah, and, uh, I'm also grateful to God for, for everything that I have in my life, my family, uh, my son, our child, he's an, he's an amazing kid. Um, 
and uh, I think it's everything that uh, I've ever dreamed of, and I'm living the life that I've uh, that that I've that I've dreamt of as a kid. So I'm I'm so happy. I'm in a very happy place in my life. I'm grateful for that. All Thank right. you for allowing me to share my life with you. Thank you once again. So yes, a perfect note really to end this conversation where uh, Robin Uthapa talks about how he chose to be vulnerable at the right time and how that choice has got him out of that dark phase in his life and that he's looking forward to the upcoming season of the IPL with Chennai Super Kings. But that's it on Mind Over Medals. Next week, we'll be back with another athlete talking about all things mental health. For now, goodbye. If you or anyone you know is feeling suicidal or having suicidal thoughts, help is available through helplines. You can call iCall on 915-298-7821 or ASRA at 9820466726. You can also find both these numbers in our show notes at the bottom. Thank you for tuning in. Join us for the next episode of Mind Over Medals. 